We're back. That's my cue. Because you know when I, I, I get it. Because you see, Jake's holding up a thumbs up. So I'm saying, hey, thumbs up. A good show today. <laughs> oh, okay. Because we just heard Coluccio's voice. That's an entrance wave for Coluccio. Chris Coluccio. What a job he does. President and CEO of the Great Tech Works Consulting. 285-1527-631-285-1527. MakeTechWorks.com. One of the best in the industry, I'll tell you that much. Christopher, how are you? I'm doing fine, my friend. Actually doing very well today. Awesome. Awesome. So much going on. Uh, including, you know, I, until you pointed this out, I did not know that this month we are in. October, ladies and gentlemen, is Cyber Security Awareness Month. I didn't know that. Oh, and by the way, we got a cybersecurity problem right in Suffolk County, don't we, Chris? Oh, we still do. Yeah, I mean, definitely um, it's not, you know, so October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and it's uh, it's been around uh, for about 20 years. I think they started it in 2004, uh, you know, through uh, the, the government actually recognizes it as a, as a day. Oh, I mean, as a month, sorry. Um, so, and, uh, you know, it's a good time for organizations like myself and other to promote awareness, uh, things like training and, and understanding and to try to, you know, educate ourselves on this problem that we have as a as a country or as people with the, you know, what is uh, the massive amount of cybersecurity breaches and things that are going on right now, and and how we're all being kind of taken advantage of uh, by people who know more about this technology than we do. So it's uh, I think it's you know it's I you know there's so many months of everything pizza month and all that other kind of stuff. I think this is kind of one of the one of the good ones. You know, I I, I would hate to think. It would be political, but you know who am I to think that way? You know, I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't have the knowledge you do in this. But when you have a panel that's been formed, when you have subpoenas involved, when you you are trying to get down to the nitty gritty as far as what happened last September the eighth, the year prior, uh, you want to ensure key word here in more ways than none. But you want to ensure to the point where this doesn't happen again. Unfortunately, I've got a kind of a pretty good idea of what happened, why it happened, and cannot figure out why we have not put an exclamation point on things, Chris. Why is this such a slow go at this point? Well, I think you have, you know, so, so let's start with the fact that everything in politics is political, right? So even, even cybersecurity and things that should kind of, you know, I, I've always said you can't really play politics with your technology. It doesn't really work very well. It doesn't care about your politics. Um, but that doesn't mean you're not, they're not going to do it. I think secondly, you know, what you have is an outgoing administration that, um, you know, may have had some flaws, uh, to put it nicely and had some issues with, uh, the way that, that they're, cybersecurity systems and technology in general was run, and uh, they kind of maybe just want to, you know, keep it under the radar for now. You're also in the middle of a, you know, political season right now, so nothing's going on. We haven't had another meeting uh, since the last one in um, September, right? So uh, I don't, you know, listen, there's stuff going on. I know, you know, just from some of the people that I've talked to, there's stuff going on in the background, um, but... I don't know until the new administration's in that you're going to get much, many more answers um, until January. That because I think what you're looking at is some people who are saying, "Hey, we're out. Uh, it's not our problem anymore." And as long as we can keep it out of the uh, press, 
then you know we can uh, we can just ride it out and hopefully I don't they, think uh, they uh, find it. I don't think people should get a pass. We've said this. We said this months ago that this was going to happen. I mean, it's such a slow walk right now. Budgets delayed, this delayed, that delayed, appointments in place and whatnot. Uh, you know, I mean, you can get a sense from three, four, five months ago that this was going to happen. And here we are, here we are, literally, with about, uh, what, 10 weeks ago as far as the close of 2023. And, you know, uh, we get a sense, like I said, we get a sense as far as what happened here, but uh, you know, no finality to it. Uh, I think it's yeah, wrong. I, I think it's wrong. I think, that, I think that you're, uh, you know, listen, I, I don't know that they're going to go backwards too much and try to find fault with, inex- with the administration that's leaving, right? That's not what... So so I don't have too much faith. They might they might hopefully find some of the people that are responsible, but I, I don't think you're, you're going to wind up with a lot of scapegoats. But what I do think is that depending on the new administration coming in, uh, certainly, you know, um, the, the leader being Ed, um, you know, from Brookhaven, and I know, I know what Brookhaven does with their IT. It's definitely a step up from what Suffolk County has. Hopefully, he'll take that same mentality if he is the winner and bring that across uh, over to Suffolk County, and we can make some really good changes. You know, that's that's what I'm kind of hoping. Uh, I think that any new administration has to take their the cybersecurity of. Uh, Suffolk much more seriously than it's even being taken right now, uh, or you know, and that they really put a plan together that people like you and I and the citizens can kind of get behind to make sure we feel secure, and then kind of finish getting all these systems up and running because they're still down. So, um, you know, that, that's that's my hope. You know, I can't I can't look back to try to find. You know, we all know who the scapegoats. We all know who the where the real issues stemmed from and what the problems were. If you if you're living in this world, you kind of have an idea of of you know who's really to blame, um, but I don't think that that doesn't really matter. It's not going to. I don't think anything's going to come of it. Uh, so I just hope that we can move forward with a better uh, administration moving forward that really takes um, you know the, the cybersecurity, the the general. You know, this is not just about cybersecurity. It's the information of our citizens, uh, you know, the citizens of Suffolk County and the people that you know have to do business with Suffolk County. Um, it's really important that they feel safe. You know, that they're absolutely want to do business. You know. Listen, I agree with you a thousand percent. I do not like scapegoats. One in particular uh, has had me bothered for quite some time, and that individual, that individual should be reinstated. Uh, Should be reinstated, without question. I think it's an absolute disgrace. It's been a long time. It's been a very long time, in my estimation, but I'll say this. Peter Schussler should be back in his post, ASAP, without question. I think it's an absolute. You would never, you know, in the business world, if this happened, um, the people that still have their jobs and the people that don't have their jobs probably would have been reversed, right? So um, that being said, you know, that's just what we got. You know, we have, you know, we we have a system that you know hasn't really been told to us how they're securing and what they're doing. They have a new what they you know what they call a CISO, which um, you know on staff, but we haven't really heard a lot from that person and, and what their plan is and what their goals are. So I think that you're like I said, you're just looking at an administration that's saying we're not going to put ourselves out there too much. Or maybe they're doing. No, they're going to walk out the door. Yeah, you're right, hundred percent. We're going to walk out the door like nothing ever happened, and and let the new bosses uh, take the reins. Uh, listen, that's just the way life goes, unfortunately. If you follow uh, politics, yeah. you know that this, that's kind of what they do. They either, you know, they 
that that if there's some kind of scandal or some kind of other thing going on, they just want to walk. You know, when they leave, they want to pretend like it never happened. So, yep, uh, Chris here as far as uh, the tech report. Now, speaking of this and you know breaches and everything else, uh, you know, I was reading about this uh, this uh, Microsoft Office 365. Uh, now. We're seeing a lot of these breaches, uh, Chris. Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm reading about it. Uh, what can first of all is that true? Two, can we? What can we do to kind of make Office 365 a little more secure? Here, we all use it. There have been reported breaches. What's the deal with this? Yeah, so so I mean to understand Office 365, I mean it's it's the the elephant in the room when it comes to email and um, other. You know, uh, IT services like like hosted server uh, hosted servers and stuff like that. The Office 365 product. About 85 percent of the businesses in the world, uh, especially in the United States, uh, maybe it's in the United States, use this product. Um, so that means just about everybody's using it, and that means it's a huge target for um, attackers, for you know these bad cyber criminals. And what we found is, and I've always, if you've listened to our conversations over the past year, I always tout multi-factor authentication as being, you know, the number one way to kind of stop this stuff. But what we're finding recently and what we're seeing is that um, the attackers are taking advantage of even those that have this multi-factor authentication. That's the kind of thing where, you know, you get a text message on your phone or you might have an app that sends you a code or something like that. And uh, what's going on is they're using things like phishing emails and other stuff to steal cookies from your browsers, right? And then they steal these cookies from your browsers that, you know how when you log in, it says, hey, do you want to stay on for 30 days? That is a token that allows them to bypass that multi-factor authentication. Um, and then they're, so they're using that. And so what we've found and what we've seen recently um, through, um, you know, some of our partners, some of our clients that, that have all been talking about this is even with multi-factor authentication, we got, we kind of got a, we kind of, we got to go. Got to go past that. It's still very important. And what we got to do is we got to go to the back end of our Office 365 and lock down that stuff. There's some best practices for things that we can do on the back end of our Office 365 that says, "Hey, let's." Things as simple as saying, "Nobody's allowed to log in from a foreign country that we don't know." Um, uh, so these are kind of best practices that they're starting to put out there. If, if, if nobody in your company works in, in the Netherlands or in Korea, then block those countries, right? Don't do that stuff because they may be able to bypass this multi-factor authentication. And then, and then what they do is they do things like they'll take advantage, they'll take it over your email account and they'll, they'll actually create up rules so that when emails about business transactions or, or bank transactions come in, they'll move those things into a folder that people can't see. And, and then once that folder's there, uh, they'll actually rewrite new emails and send them out with different routing addresses. And that's, how, that's what they're called, it's called a man-in-the-middle attack. So they're doing this stuff, and what we need to do is we need to go into the back end of Microsoft right now and do some certain fixes that we can do on the back end to say, hey, um, only devices that we allow or countries, like I said. So there's a lot of these tricks that you can do to, to make it more secure. And unfortunately, being that it's the number one kind of attack threat, um, you really have to start doing that stuff. So if you use an Office 365, somebody should be going through the best practices security model uh, that Microsoft has and kind of fixing that stuff up. Because otherwise, we've seen it, you know, even, like I said, even our clients that are locked down very well and have all the two-factor authentication, 
um, some of these things can still get through, you know, so you have to make some changes along that line. No question. Think, Speaking of changes, you know, and in, uh, in reference to the first topic that we spoke about, um, you know, I think it would be a good idea to have training involved, uh, employee training regarding cybersecurity. I think it's important for everybody to understand it. Uh, obviously, uh, something has been missed regarding this current administration, but uh, it's more important than ever. As far as this is concerned, the question is, how do you start with all this stuff, Greg? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, so, so the number one way that people get into your systems um, is through some kind of social engineering. It's by far the biggest method. Uh, even the attack that I was just talking about that has a social engineering phishing or what they call spear phishing component to it, where they're actually targeting specific people in your organization with emails that look exactly like, um, you know, another login email that you might do and you put your credentials in there. So there's all sorts of this going on. So we really have to start getting our employees some basic cybersecurity training for what to look out for, um, you know, things not to do, when to use your phone, how to, you know, when to attach to Wi-Fi, public Wi-Fi. Um, and, you know, there's there's plenty, um, the, you know, the uh, Department of Homeland Security has some great training on, uh, uh, HHS has great training on employees' cybersecurity training that you can get for free. Uh, some of that's there. Um, we prefer to use methods that actually um, do things like send out fake phishing emails to clients and then use that as a way to train them. And we have, so for a good managed service provider or a good IT provider or even, you know, any of your good IT staff uh, can get a piece of software that actually kind of scores your employees and sends out these kind of micro trainings and stuff. So that's what we do on the tech work side is that we provide our clients with these micro trainings and then we give them a score. Hey, this employee really needs to learn a little bit more about phishing scams or something along those lines. But I think it's very, very basic. You should start with looking at like um, HHS or Department of Homeland Security. Uh, even there's a thing called NIST that has some basic take these kind of training classes. They're free. You should be able to understand what a phishing email is. And there's a lot of free resources out there like that. So I think that it's kind of behooves anybody to just not believe that because they have an IT provider like myself who's trying to do the right thing, or even if they have a security provider, um, that it doesn't really start with the employees. And I think that the second thing that, that we're finding is most of the time they're attacking the higher-ups in the company, the C-level people. And those are the ones that are like, oh, I don't need training. I'm smart. I know how to do that stuff. So we're actually trying to make sure that we get the training to you know everybody, but not skipping the C-levels or not giving special permissions to the C-levels uh, or the, you know, the top, the presidents and the, and the, the, um, you know, the directors in a company, because those are the ones who usually have the most access or the ability to spend money, you know? Absolutely. Chris Coluccio with the uh, Tech Reform, with uh, the great TechWorks Consulting, of course, uh, right on uh, Kohler Avenue and Ron Conkman, ladies and gentlemen. How does one uh, uh, pick a uh, a provider from a technological uh, standpoint? Uh, what's the differential uh, between companies? How do you monitor that? And that's the ultimate choosing of one. Uh, what is the best methodology involved there, Christopher? Well, I think the first thing for everybody, for anybody to choose is to understand what the different, you know, types of IT providers there are out there. Um, you know, there's, there's your standard, you know, there, there's these kind of, well, if you start looking, you're going to see all these kind of like, this kind of word 
soup of or or letters alphabet soup of different terminologies and and you know I'll, I guess I can quickly break it down for you is that there's this kind of like standard IT that a lot of people have had in the past it's this break fix kind of person who comes in whenever you have a problem but they don't really do much in between. They're not really monitoring for problems. They're not looking for servers, hard drives that are crashing. So, so a problem happens. They go in. They usually do a pretty good job. They help you fix it up. Um, they might set you up with some new software or something like that, and then they go away until the next problem. That's your kind of break-fix IT. And there's a lot of companies that still do that. It's kind of the uh, most cost-effective way of doing it from a, from a dollar value. It might not be the most uh, best for your return on investment for your IT, but it's definitely the, the most cost-effective way is to just pay somebody when you need them, right? Then there's what TechWorks is, which is called a managed service provider. And a, and a managed service provider is kind of that daily operational piece. We're the kind of company that um, is monitoring every basically every day and night looking for issues that are going on in your network, but also helping you come up with plans to grow your IT. So we're looking for the problems ahead of time, or we're already doing things that are standard maintenance, regular maintenance of servers, regular maintenance of backups, making sure that, you know, your network is functioning and the firmwares and softwares and all those things are getting their patches and updates. Um, and then kind of usually somewhat acting like a little bit of your outsourced IT department where some we're, we're keeping an eye on the systems and then they can call and um, sometimes have agreement with us to automatically fix stuff, right? That's a managed service provider. Um, and that's kind of becoming the most popular model. It's been the most popular model for a while. But then you have these other things that people are starting to see, which is called an MSSP. An MSSP is a managed service security provider, and those are people that um, maybe they're a step above us. Although we're a security-minded company, they're focusing only on um, the security side of the house, right? They're the people that are going to say, hey, uh, somebody's trying to send data to China. Somebody's trying to do this, and and they're actually monitoring through what's called a SOC, uh, Security Operations Center. And, you know, a company like TechWorks, although we're security-minded, we partner with those companies usually in combination to deliver a product to our um, to our organizations. So you have that, so you have this kind of, you're kind of building on top of this, and then you have things like what they'll call VCIOs. A VCIO is maybe somebody like myself who sits with an organization and says, what's your plan for the future of this organization for your technology, and let's help you build a plan over the next two or three years and keep that plan moving forward, but in a virtual model, so instead of having to pay for that, you know. So, so there's all these different choices. I mean, most most companies, most small to medium-sized businesses are usually looking at that kind of, you know, if they don't have, even if they do have in-house staff, they're looking at that kind of MSP model to say, hey, listen, I don't have to hire somebody or another person full-time to do all of our help desk tickets, to do all of that kind of stuff. And I can get better service for my employees. I can function a little bit better. Um, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not just waiting for the computer to break and then everybody's mad at me or these, or these kind of breaking over and over again before they call somebody. So you really, you know, I know that's a lot. I know that there's, yeah. um, there's a lot there. But I think that, you know, it, it behooves most companies to kind of understand what they're getting right now uh, from IT, whether it's their internal person and what the differences are between all those different models. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very important stuff. <laughs> a lot of decisions involved. Chris Coluccio. Uh, with the uh, tech report. Let's go over some of the big events happening in around, my friend. Uh, you've got uh, a golf outing supporting uh, the uh, Christopher A. Coluccio Foundation. That's coming up next week, right? Uh, the Bellport Country Club, is that it? Yeah, October 23rd, uh, Bellport Country Club. Um, you know, this is uh, for us, uh, for both, you know, two organizations that I'm, that I'm very fond of. Yeah. Uh, both the MacArthur Business Alliance and uh, the foundation that was created 
created in my son's name. And last year, um, this event actually uh, produced, uh, you know, we, we got a portion of the proceeds, uh, almost $11,000 or actually $11,000 worth of money came to the foundation through this event and, and um, you know, what, what they helped us raise. And, and the MacArthur Business Alliance, you know, is to me another important piece of, um, you know, keeping uh, keeping good growth in this area, the area around the airport, and making sure that there's a place for our kids to grow up in and that we, you know, keep our businesses uh, local to us. So, And that's what the MBA is doing. So I love these two organizations. We have a uh, meeting. I'm sorry, we have our golfing on October 23rd at the Bellport Country Club. We'd love anybody who wants to to join. We have options, um, you know, for golfing only or to come and hang out with us for dinner afterwards. So you can go to the MacArthur Business Alliance website, um, and uh, you could certainly sign up right there. But I would love, you know, like I said, it's a great event. Um, it, it really supports two really good causes in the area. Uh, so anybody who likes the golf and wants to get one more, uh, you know, one more round in, this would be a, a nice place to do it. Uh, getting an extra round in is key this time of the year, no question. It's for a great cause uh, and everything else. And the MPA update uh, uh, in general as well, as you stated, and also, you got another uh, foundation public meeting, CAC foundation public meeting that is coming up in early November. I believe it's uh, right before Election Day, right? Yes, yeah. So November sixth, we we do these public meetings um, usually once a month. Uh, we try to bring awareness to what's going on uh, locally, what our foundation is doing, and and the work that we're doing within other organizations. Um, the schools, we're hoping to have a nice update from, um, from Bayport Blue Point School District, which we're working closely with, uh, and some of the other libraries and stuff, because we've made a lot of strides in the, in the way that they treat, uh, and think about, uh, even talk about mental health, me- mental health and, uh, and suicide awareness. I mean, these are terminologies that even as, you know, as even, even just a year or two ago, these, these groups wouldn't even talk about in school or they wouldn't mention at all suicide was a you know a term that they just didn't want to say inside the schools and now we're making huge strides within these organizations um to get them to take this seriously and to put plan together and to you know really build a community of resources for everybody uh and that's that's wonderful and we love to do that and also we're going to have a representative from big brothers big sisters which is just another advocate um for supporting the mental health of our young uh you know uh, of our young kids and uh, our youth, so um, those are always wonderful events. Um, Where we, we love, to, we, we try to support the local community. We'll be at Bait and Tackle and Sable. Uh, they've hosted us before. This is just a great place for us to do. Um, you know, just a, just a, a great local restaurant that really supports the community. So we're happy to to do it there and to to just really, you know, really show you guys what's going on and, and the strides that have been made. And we're really trying hard to. Uh, to break down some of these walls and get everybody educated about what's going on and what they can do if their children, um, you know, are in need. And you're doing yeoman's work. I, I got to tell you, yeoman's work, you and your lovely wife. Um, and you know what? It's a situation, folks, where you have to put it out there because it's out there already in such big ways. And what Chris is doing is he's shedding light on a very tough subject. Uh, but we have to attack it properly, um, and we have to have an open forum about it. Plenty of discussions. Communication is the key to this all, and without it, we got nothing. So you're doing a great job. Keep up the phenomenal work, my friend, on so many fronts. And uh, we're here for you, okay? 
Thank you so much, man. You, you've always been great letting me highlight our causes and the things that we do on, on top of just being able to talk tech. So, uh, you know, this, the station and, and yourself have just been a wonderful partner. So I really appreciate it. And uh, that will continue without question. Mr. Christopher Coluccio, as far as TechWorks Consulting, check it out. MakeTechWorks.com. Uh, they are a phenomenal uh, company right on Kohler Avenue in our backyard. we got some great people in Ronkonkoma, I'll tell you that much. Uh, and Chris's company, one of them, any questions? Any questions? Chris is always there for you at 631-285-1527. 